Welcome to Plans or Book, a podcast for every reader. I'm Molly Gillip. I'm Stephanie Blackburn. And I'm Caitlin Madison. So we are meeting on a Wednesday evening. We just had Shake Shack. We're feeling pretty groovy. Um, let's let's catch up. So I have had a busy week um, so far. COVID's back. I don't know if you guys knew or got that memo. Big time. It's big time back. Um, my friends that work in hospitals are like, oh, yeah, it's like back. It's a problem. And I'm like, yeah, we have, I work part-time in a dental office and then part-time at a school as a teacher. And our schedule was like so wrecked by COVID this week. It's like everybody saw people for Thanksgiving and now they all have COVID. So that was a bummer. That was a lot of rearranging. Um, so cross your fingers that I stay healthy because the two places that I work are just riddled with disgusting people who are gross. Well, you did get boosted. I did. I did. I'm on top of that. Um, I think I've had seven shots at this point because I was at the front end of like I got a I got a vaccine like before anybody I knew could because I worked in the, like the medical field. So my first one was in like February. Um, so yeah, I think that I, you know, am probably going to turn into a superhero one of these days. Um, so that's been happening and I just finished the second fourth wing book and I've been watching the Celtics and staying cozy because it's starting to actually get cold now. I started putting up my holiday decorations just like life stuff like nothing like super thrilling nothing terrible um you know it's one of those weeks where i'm like i've been talking about the weather a lot like i'm lame and boring and there's just like not a lot going on but that's i think what this week always is like post thanksgiving like i think that this week is always getting back to the grind trying to like find the rhythm the come down and then i think on Cyber Monday, I finished my holiday shopping. I'm almost positive. I have to like make a list. I just have bags upon bags of crap right now in my office in my house, but I think I'm done. I'm almost positive. It's incredible. Yeah, I am considering a week ago, I wasn't even close. I am not done, but I think I have shared on this podcast before that I gave a spreadsheet. I started it in 2017 and I create a new tab every year. So I make sure I'm not like gifting identical items. That is amazing. For example. That is really smart. I also write down which card I sent to that person because, you know, sometimes you have extra cards. And so you think, oh, next year I can just send some of these, but you don't want to send the same card to the same people. So the spreadsheet is very detailed, um, but I'm not even close to done. And it's stressing me out a little bit. I have to be honest. I have a friend. This is a friend of yours as well, Molly. She's a listener of the podcast. Shout out, Julie. Julie, one year, <laughs> she might kill me for saying this, but whatever. Julie, one year sent me, not only did she send me two Christmas cards one year, but they were the same card. So she just like forgot she sent me a card and was like, better send came out another one and like sent me another one. And I got the second one in the mail like a couple days after the first one. And I just sent her a picture and I was like, dude what are you doing and she was like oh my god i was like you don't have a list 
of who you've sent cards to. Like, you didn't remember writing my name and address on an envelope, like, within days of the other one. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And then I think she did it to one more of our friends. <laughs> I used to have a handwritten list. Like, I think a lot of people do that. You just kind of chicken scratch the core people. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you make sure that you have everybody covered. Um, but the sophistication of the spreadsheet has become really helpful over time. I picked up my stamps today. I went down to the post office. I mailed my first gift that needed to be mailed. And then I got my snow globe stamps. Um, Caitlin, your present is under the tree. Molly's is not complete yet. But um, I'm mostly done, I think. Um I want to say that I went to the post office for holiday stamps and they did not have any. And the oh, yeah, gentleman yeah. said, I'm so sorry we had, but we're already out. So I can offer you flags. They were down to two kinds. Oh my God, I haven't done this yet. Mm-hmm. Oh no. It was snow globes or Mary and Joseph. And I was like, no, thank you. So when you get a flag stamp on my card, just please know that that wasn't my first choice. Wow. Okay. Well. Darn. All right. I might be too late. I don't know. And then, well, there's no way of knowing like the less frequented post offices, right? Like I went right down there at the end of the street. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's like a mini post office. The one that Steph goes to, I go to the mothership one down in Watertown square. And I think they just sell out of everything so fast because it's so high traffic down there. Darn it. All right. I didn't know that I had to be on, it's November still. And I got to be on my wintry postage. Whatever. All right. Steph, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, I decorated yesterday. I, um, I'm in like a writing blitz. Um, but this weird thing happens when I get to the end and I start to procrastinate. So like last week I made three loaves of bread. None of them were good. Um, <laughs> I was going to say I've been here this past week and no bread was offered to me. Um, so yesterday instead of finishing what I had set out to do for the day, I started um, putting up the lights, putting up the tree. Last Christmas, the tree lasted all of one hour um, because at that point in time, I had a four-month-old kitten who thought it was the best thing to climb and chew on. Um, So far this year, I mean, it's been 24 hours, but so far it's still standing. Um, And then today I wrote even more. I spent the majority of the day writing. I feel like My eyes need to take a break pretty soon, but I think I have maybe only three more sittings and I'll be done with the first draft of this book. So for those who may be listening for the first time, this is their first episode. Can you just share with people what you're writing? Sorry. Um, This is the first book I've written in seven, I think, years. Um, Yeah, I think that can't be right. No, that's definitely not right. The last book I wrote was um, Fish in the Sea. I think that was over seven years ago. Oh, I guess I've been reading your screenplays, maybe? Yeah, but those aren't published. Those are just like... No, I know. Yeah. Okay. But no books. I haven't done books. a book okay. manuscript. In... Okay, so maybe that does make yes, sense. Yes, correct. Um, this is a adult fiction book that um, I marinated on for five years before I started to actually write it. Um, so I have copious, copious notes on my phone, on my computer. Um, So it just flowed out of me when I finally sat down to do it. It's um, a story that takes place over almost a decade, um, starts off with two characters meeting while one is on vacation in Wyoming, naturally, because I love Wyoming. I mean, I'm wearing a million dollar cowboy 
bar uh, sweatshirt as we're recording. Huckleberry. Sorry, she's going to chew on, she's chewing on the tree. Um, so, yeah. Oh my gosh, we've got a cat <laughs> Christmas situation live on the podcast. Give, the, give us the play-by-play, Molly. There was about to be a branch consumed, and I just placed my hand right between her eager <laughs> teeth. Naughty. And the branch. Um, anyways, this is a adult fiction book. There, there's some sauce. I didn't set out to write sauce. Um, it felt natural to these characters. Um, there's a, the, there's a bit of trauma in this book. There's a bit of heartbreak. Um, there's a really sweet, rich boy and a really tough, (laughs) tough girl who lives with her grandma who has had to earn every dime ever. Yeah. And they fall for each other. I have written songs just to have like a backstory for one of the characters. There are full songs written in my phone. I have voice memos. <laughs> She's giving like Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga vibes all of a sudden. I'm sorry. Are you the next Karina Adley McKenzie? Because she wrote songs for Roswell. The songs that were in that oh, show, yes. she wrote them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just feel like I was in the headspace of the character and it made sense. Like this is, I'm talking about like 11 PM at night. I suddenly came up with lyrics type thing. Um, that's never happened to me before. That's not normal, but it's maybe, a, it's a good kind of weird though. Yeah. Maybe. I I feel like this book has been like flying out of your fingertips. It's, it's been very natural. And I think it's because I sat on it for so long. That, and like, you're the, really getting an editor this time, right? I want this on record. You're really, I mean, I'm gonna, you're hiring, you're querying, you're doing it. Yes. For real. Yes. I mean, yes. Querying. It's has, on record. Querying broke my soul back in my 20s. Um, it is a very frustrating and can be a very disheartening process for any aspiring writer who, you know, naively thinks that writing the book is the hard part. No, that's not the hard part. It's actually getting an agent that's the hard part. However... This is so good, first of all, and I don't BS you. I always tell you what I think. Um, This is so good. One. Two. You have other things. You're about to start a new house project. And are we turning this into a therapy session right now? You're (laughs) Go, Dr. Madison. Keep going. You're going to be working on a house, which is a huge distraction. We have this beautiful podcast that we do. So while you're sending out those letters, even if you get a rejection here and there, you are not going to be sitting at that godforsaken desk job you had when you were in your 20s, getting those rejections, being like, I'll never get out of here. True. I also don't think that I will be querying this for a while because it definitely needs to be edited for a while before I do that. So I have a feeling I'm actually going to be finished with the next house renovation before that even happens. Interesting. Okay. Once the house starts, I'm only going to have mental space for this podcast, reading, and eating. Like, that's my, my brain shuts down when we're working. At least everyone noticed she didn't say sleeping. She plans to read, <laughs> record, eat, and demo. Yeah, I don't, I also don't sleep when we're working on a house. My dad is the exact same way. When we're stressed, we don't sleep. So I'm going to mentally pause once I finish this draft, renovate the house, and then in a few months when that's done, then then we'll revisit it and hopefully find an agent who is just as much in love with this book as we all are. Okay. So I don't know if you remember this, but I took a class with mm-hmm. a, um, she's an author, but she also is worked for a publishing company as an editor. And um, I'm going to send you some of her info because I feel like your book is the kind of 
stuff that she represents. So fantastic. Yeah, but I'll get you that info because I took copious notes and she shared like all of her slides and all. it was a really good class on like how to pitch yourself. Um, so yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. Love that. Molly, anything to catch up on? I'm not writing a manuscript. <laughs> um, I just came back from two days at the beach. Um, for those who maybe are listening for the first time, I have a place on Nantasket Beach down in Hull, Massachusetts. And you might think, Molly, it's 34 degrees. Why did you go there? I actually think the off season there is awesome. Like it's fun to walk on the beach when no one else is there. All the great restaurants and bakeries and smoothie shop that I love. No one is there. And because the dogs are actually allowed on the beach this time of year. Also that, yes. Um, I'm sure anyone who hangs out in popular vacation spots knows that in a lot of, at least New England places, dogs are not allowed on the beach in the prime months. So Scout is in his glory now, being able to be wherever, How whenever. Is he? How's he feeling? He's feeling a lot better. Um, for anyone who tuned into our previous episode, we were talking about my unfortunate uh, early return from Thanksgiving because Scout was really sick. But I would say he's back to 100%. He's really looks like himself, happy to be on walks, eating and drinking normally, just all the things that a dog mom wants to see. Got it. So do we think this was just a stomach bug or do you think he ate something he shouldn't have? It is so hard to know. Obviously, yeah. I wasn't there. It's hard so. to know when you're human. <laughs> totally. I wasn't there. I know that everyone who was caring for him was doing their absolute best. Um, and I'm just grateful that it was as quick a turnaround as it was. Could have done without the ER vet visit and the accompanying enormous bill that came with that. Can I um, just also interject that I got that text at 9 a.m. and was like on the verge of tears when Molly decided she had to come home. Like, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it is. Oh, I was giving everybody, we were cooking. I was giving everybody live updates about it because everybody in my family really cares about animals. I mean, you have to be effing dead inside to not care about animals, but like my family like really cares about animals. And so I was like, I think she's flying home. And my mom was like, obviously. And I was like, oh, okay, glad we cleared that up. Totally. All the pet parents in my life that I shared this with were like, of course, that's what you have to do. Of course, you have to get back to him. There was no like, just questioning at all of that being the right decision. And um, he just kind of needed his mom. It was like he rebounded pretty much immediately. Was he at your house or your cousin's house when this was happening? He was at my aunt's house because okay. my cousins were there to have Thanksgiving at her house. Um, and he made quite a mess while he was there. So I think he's probably persona non grata over there. Um, but I think in future, whoever is watching him, I'll probably push for them to stay at our place so he can just be comfortable in his own space. And God forbid he should be throwing up all over the place again. Um, it can just happen to my stuff, which I'm used to and don't care. Yep. Makes I sense. like to look at silver linings and he and Nemo got to have some old man walks together. And I just adore the two of them doing their slow meandering pace and you know eventually he did have a little pep in his step when he saw us coming around the totally block, so. he did serious serious tail wagging when he saw steph and nemo coming our way both of the days that they got to walk together so that was a bright spot for sure excellent so um this week's episode we are doing our spotify wrapped of books love um, that we are doing our plans are booked wrap of our favorite books that we read this year. Now, just some 
rules that I want to let everybody know about. These are not books that came out in 2023. These are books that we read in 2023. Now, did a lot of them come out this year? Probably. But I just want to put it out there that if you are thinking that these are all brand new books, they are not. They were just brand new books to us. So I just wanted to make that clear before we launched into this so that I suppose it doesn't really matter, but that might make a difference to some listener out there. And if so, um, I acknowledge you. So um, that's that's kind of our plan. Um, Since we are in the holiday season, we talked about books that we like to gift people. And now it's kind of like, all right, we've done it. We've read our books. So I will start. um, And I... Every year on Goodreads, I set a goal of books, and my goal is always how old I am. So this year, my goal was 37 books because in January of 2023, I was 37. I'm 38 now. Um, so my goal is 37 books. I've read 36. I will hit my goal um, because we have a couple weeks to go. But of the 36 books that I've read, I picked um, four to highlight two I'll go into depth. The other two we have already mentioned in other episodes. So um, my top four that I've read this year, the first one is in no no particular order, Fourth Wing, which we've talked about in another episode, um, which is kind of funny and surprised me, but the action and the dragons and the romance and the, you know, everything, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fast paced, totally different from anything that I've read. Book Talk made me do it. The Inheritance Games, we also did an episode on Book talk also made me do that. Um, and that's like brothers and riddles. And I tell everybody, like, if you read the Westing game when you were growing up, like, this is that on crack. Like, this is the 2022 version of that. Um, again, action. Like, I was really into the action and the pace and the solving things and the mystery and the money and the everything. So, um, those are books that I made Steph and Molly read after me because I was so into them and I wanted to have people to talk to about it. Um, and then the other two books, I don't think either of them have read, but I own them and I've passed them along. So my third book is Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Um, people might know her because she wrote the Six of Crows series and she also wrote the Shadow and Bone series, which Shadow and Bone just got canceled on Netflix, by the way. She loved it. Um, so that's a bummer, but, um, Shadow and Bone series and Six of Crows series are both, well, I don't know. Shadow and Bones definitely advertises young adult. I don't know if Six of Crows is. Um, so those are two series that she wrote, I think, for young adults. Um, this is also going to be a series. There are two books so far. I've only read the first one, um, but it takes place on the campus of Yale and it's about all of the secret societies at Yale. And basically, they create um, kind of like a policing ethical committee that is in charge of making sure that all of the like sacrifices and weird things that these secret societies do um, don't kill anybody. Like it keeps them, it's like a checks and balances kind of situation. And they recruit this girl from a psychiatric ward to be like their head like undercover student person on campus and the reason that they recruit her is because she can see ghosts and these people that recruit her are the first people that have ever believed her that she can see them 
And so they're like, what better person to be undercover on campus with all these secret societies at Yale than somebody who can see the greys? That's what they call them, the greys. And she's a badass. And she has lived like a thousand lives before she gets this opportunity to pretend to be a Yale student. And she like actually goes to class and like does it. And there's no romance, Molly. Zero. She just looked me dead in the eyes. There's somebody that she cares about a lot, but not like that. And um, he's like her mentor. And it's very academic. It's got a similar setup to Fourth Wing, which like at the beginning of every chapter, there's like an excerpt from a journal of somebody who was also on this like ethical committee or was in one of the secret societies so that you get a history and like a lore of these societies. We Bardugo herself went to Yale. So like the descriptions of the town and the campus and everything are really, really good. And it's just like, it's like if Fourth Wing were like a little more highbrow with no dragons is kind of how I would explain it to people. Like the dark academia category is like legit and Lee Bardugo like dug in and it's really good. And I was just really pleasantly surprised because the reason I read it is I have a book club and one of my former students in it is in it. I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but shout out to Martha if she does. Um, Martha is a junior at George Washington University. And I put out a thing on Instagram being like, I'm going to start a book club. Who wants to be in it? And she said she wanted to be in it. She's come to every single meeting. And we read a lot of similar books. And she's recommended some of the books that we've done for book club, which is so cool because I had her when she was 12. And now she's like 21. So that's just kind of like a cool thing that we have going on. And she told me, she has a hard time calling me Caitlin because it's, you know, and she's like, Caitlin, this book altered my brain chemistry. That's what she said to me. And I was like, yes, I'll be reading this. And then like, it didn't alter my brain chemistry, but like, I understand, like I've read other books that like also have this dark academia thing. And so then I like shot her a list of like five other books that she should read if she liked this one. So that's where I got the idea to read it. My last one is called I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay, who wrote The Great Believers. And this is this book is pretty long. It's really well written. It does not have a big solution at the end. Like if you are somebody that's like, hi, it's me. <laughs> if you're somebody that's like, I need this all wrapped up with a bow and not like an open-ended, like, I wonder what happens to them. Like, mm, it's still really good though. So the premise of this one is this woman who's a journalist agrees to teach a J-term class at the boarding school that she went to for high school. And the course that she teaches is on podcasting. And two of the kids in the class decide that they want to do a podcast about an unsolved murder that happened on campus when she was a student there. And it brings up a lot of like unresolved feelings and emotions. And she starts like dreaming about that time of her life because she's also living on campus in the dead of winter while she's teaching this class to these high school kids. And so, and like her best friend lives on campus and like her high school best friend lives on campus and is a teacher there. And so like they just have free reign of the campus in a way that like they didn't as kids. 
and um and she starts to dig into it too because she starts thinking about like did they put the wrong guy in jail for this murder and like all of these things and so it's thought provoking and then i did some digging after because i was curious about rebecca mckay um after i read the book and um she lives in chicago and her husband is a high school english teacher and they live on the campus of a private school, like a boarding school so i think she used that school as like her setting because that's what her everyday life is right now um so i thought that was like kind of a fun tidbit but I liked the podcasting element of it. I liked the mystery of it. I liked that it was students and a boarding school. And, you know, it kind of like ticked all the things on my checklist. And I just really enjoyed it. And my brother is reading it right now and he's enjoying it as well. So it's not like a quote unquote girl book. I hate that term. But like, you know, some books, more girls pick it up than boys and vice versa. And this is like a, this is an everybody book. You've told me on both of those last two. I know I have the second one on my tube to be read pile right now. So maybe I'll bump that up. I think your sister would really like Ninth House as well because she already likes that author. And this is like, Mm -hmm. I've read Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows and I liked this way better. I believe I actually offered it to her when you brought it over, however many months ago. I don't know if she just is saying no to all the books that I have bought her or tried to push on her lately because it's me and I'm her Mm. sister um I really wanted her to read fourth wing because I thought she would love it but I sold it incorrectly to her as Harry Potter meets um Divergent meets um Hunger Games Hunger Games and she was like I'm out she wouldn't even look at it so I think did she pinpoint which one of those things turned her off no, but I also think it's because it's me. She just wants to do the opposite of what I'm suggesting, even though I know she would love them. Even though you're grown-ass ladies in your <laughs> 30s and 40s? Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so my books, um, I'm going to start off with a book that I just read a couple months, two months ago. When did I forget when it came out. Um, this is Jessica Knowles' Bright Young Women. Um, I know it hasn't come across clearly on this podcast, but I am a murderino. Um, the only podcast I actually listen to on a weekly basis is My Favorite Murder. Um, I think maybe it started when I moved into my very first one-bedroom apartment on the first floor, and my mom came in and said, don't ever leave your windows open because some man is going to crawl in. I have been terrified ever since, and so I just terrify myself further by... <laughs> being into murder. Um, so Jessica Knowles, Bright Young Woman is, um, if you haven't seen the neon yellow and pink cover splashed everywhere, um, it's a fantastic read. It is about the, um, I believe it was Florida State um, University co-eds who were murdered by Ted Bundy, except he's never mentioned by name in the book. Um, it is a story about the women, not about him. It's about their lives, how they were changed um, from his brutal acts. And I also just love Jessica Knoll because her Instagram is fantastic. And I'm obsessed with her bulldog. Um, So is it like at the beginning of the book, does it say like based on true events or? At the end of the book, she talks about how she decided to start writing this. She read a Rolling Stone article from one of the survivors and then reached out to her kind of like cold emailed her and was like hey can we chat and so it's it's loosely based on real people um but sort of a reimagining of it um although it, it 
if you do ever read that article, which I did after the fact, it, the murders are pretty accurate as to what happened, which is just horrifying. Um, and she wrote that other book uh, that just became a movie. Luckiest Girl Alive. Luckiest Girl yes. Alive. Is this book less chaotic than that one? Because that one yes. tried to do too many things. It did. Um, this book, this book is written in a way where even if you're not into murder by any means, this is a story about women. It's about survivors, um, and sort of how life just totally changes when something really traumatic happens, and how you kind of manage to keep going, or maybe not necessarily keep going. Um, she did so much research, and she even mentioned somewhere. Um, she thought the the Pacific Northwest was the rainiest place and until after she'd written the first draft, she went there <laughs> and then was like, shoot, I need to do edits. This is actually not accurate. Um, so that is my first one. My second one. I'm live following her on Instagram right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, she just had a baby. So her Instagram has changed quite a bit, but she's still doing her like nightly cooking to tutorials and she went on a trip with jenny han they both were working on books and they rented an italian villa and i was obsessed wait a minute jenny han was writing a book are you I sure it wasn't a script it could have been a script i, oh did, I just God, know they were both palpitated with... i was like wait a minute was she actually <laughs> they both had writing projects and they went there to edit which as you know i can't go to a beautiful place and write so i was just in awe of the fact that that they did manage to write um Turning away from the dark stuff, my second book was a book that Molly put on my radar, and I just, it was so, I would say delightful is the adjective I would use. It was Alyssa Sussman's Funny You Should Ask. Um, this book is, I feel like we should talk about it at some point, but it's almost like if if a girl who's obsessed with- We will, because you okay. already gave it to me and okay. said I had to read it, but, but give us the preview now. Well, you would love it because it's the then and now trope, but it's sort of any writer or aspiring writer's dream of like, what if I get picked to interview, you know, whoever, like the dreamboat actor? And what if we have like oh God, a moment? Would be? Miles Teller for a while, for a minute. It would have like been yours is Noah's on today. Ship this me to is, Montana so I can interview Taylor Kitsch is all I'm saying. This is Okay. This is going to sound really mean, but I just don't think that that would be that great an interview. It's not about the interview, though. It's about, you know, the Falling weekend. in love? Okay, then no essentially. <laughs> It's a. It's about the the weekend in this past where something happens between them, and then we go into the present, and they haven't spoken in however many years. His career has been up and down, and she's been asked to to basically write about him again. Who does the most pining, she or he? I'm not going to answer that until you oh read my, it. You got to read it. Oh my god! And then we can debate that. When also, we there's a dog. Couldn't even get a sneak preview out of them. Wow. No. It's it's all like okay. So assume that Chris Evans back in the day it's it's sort of like him because there's a dog and there's a hometown and it's it's adorable there's a dog and a hometown and that equals chris evans in what land is that the definition of chris i would say let's bump this into the top five on the to be read pile so we can discuss it in okay. detail 
but I've already been assigned a holiday month, so I have to do that first. Guys, I'm I said getting, top five. I'm getting homework. I used to be, when we, before we started this podcast, I was like, you have to read Fourth Wing and talk to me about it. And now you have to read the Inheritance Games and talk to me about it. And now I'm the bee that's getting all the books passed who are being like, this is up next. Push it to the top. I, I went from being top dog to like the cat on the floor. Students have become the masters. Oh my God. I didn't know I was going to get pushed around once we got a podcast. It's the holidays. You haven't read this yet? Oh my God. Let me, let me frantically skip home and get it out. My third and final book is, uh, you gave it to me, right, Molly? I did. This book, beautiful, heartbreaking. I don't even know how to describe it. It's called Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. and it is just heartfelt, lovely. Like I felt things and not, not in like that way. I mean, like in my heart, <laughs> it suddenly was like, oh gosh, I believe in romance again. Like this is a, a beautiful story. And I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what it was I loved about it, but I loved it. Okay. All right. I also have that sitting at my house with 77 other books. That Any I have thoughts not read. From, from Molly about that? So, in an interesting turn of events, we all compiled our list of favorite books from this year without talking to each other first. And then when we sat down to record this, we did a quick little let's tell each other what we're going to say so we make sure we know what is on each person's list. I had picked four books organically myself. Three of them have already been mentioned. The Inheritance Games, which Caitlin talked about. I actually read the first three books in that series all this year. Got very into it, loved it, kept going. Funny you should ask, which Steph talked about a couple minutes ago. Um, I actually read On a Plane. I think I read 90% of that book on a plane. And I was so into it. And normally I can't wait to get off a plane. And I was like, damn it, because I just needed to know what was going to happen. Well, that's a sell. Yes. You buried the lead, but that's a sell. I was very, very into it. And also I was like, can this please happen to me? And then 70s in June, I agree with Steph. The writing was very emotional, but not in like a saccharine way, in a way where you're like, oh my God, I, I forgot that a book could make you feel this way. And the premise is that people who meet in high school spend many years apart. They become authors in their adult life and then the publishing world kind of brings them back together. So if you're a big reader, you'll automatically love it. It's a then and now. Nobody told me that. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a then and now. And it's also in the present day the most like honest and real account of what it's like to kind of stumble upon someone again and when you ask yourself like god why didn't that work out then like it makes you ask all those questions and it's just the prose is just beautiful like it reminds me almost like if anyone read ocean wong on earth we're briefly gorgeous the type of prose where you're like oh my god you know um interject very quickly please i thought of something we have a podcast listener, so many shout outs today, Tessa. And she texted me and she said, I must meet Steph in real life. And I said, Oh, because she's also really into cats. So I was like, Oh, yeah, another like cat friend. Cool. And then she's like, No, no, not the cats. Apparently, during an episode, 
Steph made a comment about how she, well, you were talking about the now and then trope. And Steph made a comment about how she, like, never had any feelings for anyone that she didn't pursue. That, like, didn't go down, if you will. And Tessa was like, I have to meet this woman that you podcast with who's, like, left no love unturned. And I was like, oh, my God. And the same woman who said in that same episode that she never needs to see another crush again. Yes. Oh, yeah. She wouldn't revisit any of it. But then I think you you changed your mind. Here is my amendment is I, I thought about it for a couple of nights lying in bed, just pondering, like, was that an actual thing that I said? And was it accurate? It is accurate, except I had a wonderful romance when I was 20, a junior in college. I have no idea where he is in the world, but he is someone who was so incredibly kind and gentlemanly and wonderful. We get what you're saying. She she basically winked on air. And if he, if ever there was, he'd be your coffee shop. He would be the one bumping yeah. to him. Okay, yeah. all right. So she, so update an amendment. She has one that she would revisit. Yeah. Um, and I interrupted because no, that was an important that addition. relates to the book that you just mentioned. Um, and how you were like, and it's really real the way that like when you're in high school and then you see this person again, you're like totally not the high school person anymore. 100%. Um, high school is the perfect segue to my final book of the year choice, which Caitlin said I would love. And indeed, she was correct. <laughs> it's called Better Than the Movies by Lynn Painter, which is, I believe it's YA technically. Yes. But to me, it did not read that way at all. It's a really, if you love rom-com movies, like this is the book for you. It just is the best compilation of movie quotes all throughout the book. They're at the start of every chapter. And also this incredible kind of up and down tale of next door neighbors who go from sort of annoying the crap out of each other um, to wondering, you know, could there really be something here? And I devoured this book. Like I couldn't put it down. Does that one have a fake dating trope? It does indeed have a fake dating trope. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's my favorite trope. That's your favorite? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, what's your favorite, Molly? Enemies to lovers. Oh, I could see that. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. The tracks. Yeah. The tracks. Okay. So I love that we had so many overlaps. I think that's actually when I think about sort of like the genesis of this podcast that we have different tastes hugely in a lot of the things that we read, but also we have this kind of center of the Venn diagram that's very cool and varied. And the fact that we came up with so many similar titles without talking to each other just sort of proves that through line through the things that we tend to gravitate towards. I do think moving forward in 2024 that we should try to incorporate, like this is like a group goal I'm setting, more nonfiction. That's a goal that I have for myself all the time because I need to do that. Um, and I think it could be kind of cool if we talked about more nonfiction. And also, like, I don't want to, like, all the, all the like, woke people are going to come at me for saying this. But, like, I feel like we might have more guy listeners if we talk about more nonfiction because most of my guy friends pretty much read nonfiction exclusively. Um, and so... Not that we have to have guys listening to our podcast, but I have a lot of guy friends and I think that they would tune in more often if we, you know, 
change it up a little bit. I think all of us are very open to memoir as a category, which I think can be a great equalizer. Um, and I agree. I think there's space for more nonfiction. Like when I was reading the glossy book, which I mentioned at the end of our fourth wing episode, I had been on a romance tear for like weeks and I was reading the book and going, oh my God, right. Like I really like this kind of book. And I had sort of forgotten because I'd been in the same kind of realm of reading for so long. Totally. And I think that it's just, you know, I get a lot of my reporting, journalism, et cetera, from podcasts, which is fine. But like, I don't really spend a lot of time talking to other people about the podcasts I listen to other than, hey, this podcast is good and you should listen to it. Like, that's pretty much the extent of it. Whereas if I read a book, I will talk to people about it like pretty extensively. So like, that's just a little goal I have for myself. Like one year I was like, I want to read more diverse authors. And then I think this year is my year that I take on more nonfiction because, you know, I just think it's good to change it up. What are people reading right now? I'm reading a book that you forced me to buy when we had our little book and age mart date. Forced um, is a little strong because honestly, it doesn't take much. I'm appreciative because I am enjoying it. Um, it is done and dusted by <laughs> love the name Lila Sage. Well, dusted is actually like a horse term. Does it- I know. Okay. <laughs> Can you please hold up that cover again, please? Yes, please. it's a Western. Thank yeah, you. it's a guy in a cowboy hat. And yeah. like the cover is like, it looks like an old funny from the newspaper. This it is totally why, looks like a funny. This is why I wouldn't have ever picked it up on my own. Um, I think Lila Sage is fantastic, but this is not my normal type of cover that draws my eyes to it. And then it's like, yes, let's put it in the basket. Now that you've started it, is she's trying to be funny with that cover, right? Or no? I oh, think God. so. Oh, God. oh yeah. <laughs> I just panicked for a second. I was like, maybe I just put my cowboy boot in my mouth there. So the premise is that um, Clementine, who goes by Emmy, has grown up sort of like a Yellowstone-type family um, in Wyoming. Two older brothers, um, mother is deceased, and she is a barrel racer, a very like well-known barrel racer and she is love it already come know what that is oh oh you don't watch yellowstone (laughs) i don't watch yellowstone oh jeepers can i tell you that a third or maybe a quarter of my instagram the stuff that's fed to me is horseback riding and used to be like equestrian stuff because that's what i grew up doing and now it's strictly like western riding um so this book is naturally up my alley but so She's, barrel racing is a horse thing. It's a what? Yes. Still waiting for the explanation of what the hell we're talking about. It's a timed event. Um, if we had gone to the rodeo when we went to Jackson this summer, we would have seen it. It's um, as quick as you possibly can, taking turns around a barrel, literally racing around a barrel. Your horse is getting as low to the ground and basically like stopping on a diamond turning type thing. Um, it's so badass and incredibly hard, and my joints hurt just watching it. Yeah. Um, I've never done it. <laughs> um, so she's coming home sort of tail between her legs. She has had a horrible fall and is she's not able to function. So she's coming home um, 
And unbeknownst to her, her brother, her big brother's best friend, who she grew up seeing every day because he came from a broken home, so he sort of lived with them. He now owns the town bar. He's obviously become a very handsome, burly horseman. This is 100% my type of book. <laughs> it doesn't have the now and then, but um, but like, I don't know. This is just, I it's a like slow the description burn. of this. I haven't gotten, I'm almost halfway through and there's been no sauce, but it's been a lovely story. Not every book needs sauce. No, I'm, I'm just saying. Could have dragons. Um, yeah. <laughs> Molly's never gonna we're gonna be 80 and Molly's gonna be like remember when you made me read those dragon books my story here lies Molly you didn't love the fourth wing <laughs> <laughs> Molly what are you reading so I am reading the second book after Merry Little Meet Cute for those who enjoyed that holiday book last year, um, it's written by two women, Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone. Julie Murphy's also the author of Dumplin', which I know we will talk about in the future. Um, so Merry Little Meet Cute, the original, is about a Christmas movie that is shot in Christmas Notch, Vermont, where a former boy band member and a porn star fall in love on the set of this Hallmark Channel movie. And this second book, called A Holly Jolly Ever After, is about that same town where they film these movies and a different member of the boy band being cast in a different movie um, across from what I can only compare to, like, the kids. Isn't there, like, a strip bar called the North Pole there in sure this book? Is. Yeah, okay. The, um... Match oh, yeah. Steph and I that. went to an event last year and she's mad that I haven't read this book yet because we went to this event and I'm like I just I wasn't going to read it out of season and like the holidays word by and like I just didn't get around to it so now we're at the next holiday season and I'm going to read it it's the next thing because I just finished Iron Flame so it's but I do specifically remember there being swag <laughs> at the book event that ha was like for the north pole totally. strip club this pokes fun at the hallmark channel of it all in such a smart way um and the second book is just as good as the first i think i have about 50 pages left um i'm loving it it's just lighthearted. it's funny it's clever um and i love that there were some characters that returned um so you could certainly read it on its own you don't have to have read the previous one it would still be delightful and entertaining but i am enjoying going back to christmas notch in my mind like i said i just finished iron flame today to hand over to molly i don't want to spoil anything because molly hasn't read it steph has so i've been furiously texting her because there are a lot of twists and turns and reveals and battles and people making allegiances and truces and new characters new characters and new powers and dragons all kinds of dragons some might even say multiple kinds of dragons i'm not gonna say anything else okay um just uh yeah there's some there's some big reveals it's so action-packed it is so action-packed i in some ways i'm like this could have been two books like she really did a lot of things 
Um, and it, I never felt like it was too many things, which I have felt that way about other books. Um, so I just finished that. And now my homework assignment is to read Merry Little Meet Cute so that we can chat about a holiday book. And I want to read the Lauren Graham book. Yeah. I want to read so many, I have so many books right now. It's I so will hard. Say, I feel confident you could do Lauren Graham in a day. Very confident. Yeah, but I have to have a day, like a free day. Sure, of course. Which are hard to come by once we kick into December, you know? That's true. Um, well, if you are interested in chatting with us, following us, sending us funny memes, being friends, talking about your favorite book boyfriends, what you've been reading, basically anything that you would like, um, aside from like D pics and, you know, other inappropriate things, we are welcome. We're welcoming all things. Um, plan at plans are booked on Instagram. Plans are booked at gmail.com. Um, send us stuff. We love to interact with people and we're really fun in real life. And um, why not make some more internet friends? You know, I still have plenty of people from my Friday Night Lights podcast that now listen to this podcast, which is cr- it's like 15 years later. Awesome. Oh, you've got another one? I'll listen to this. I've never met them in real life. They like live in Texas. It's wild. Um, But anyways, until next time, our plans are booked.